the best Kiwi event in New Zealand, this. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one, go! Hi team, welcome to the Kathmandu Coast to Coast podcast season four, episode one. It's uh, fantastic to be back. Tonight's show is proudly brought to you by Team CP, your endurance coaching specialists. And we are, we're back for season four. It's great. We're actually, uh, Richard, we can actually say we're in the studio tonight. We're <laughs> we're actually side by side here, people, for the first time ever. Yes, look at that. That's good, isn't it? How about that? The technology is uh, definitely picking up. This media budget, I'm not sure maybe it's fallen off the back of a truck or stolen. It's, uh, we'll just roll with it. We'll just roll with it. And it's great to be back uh, for the 2022 uh, Kathmandu Coast to Coast. Well, well it'll be the 2023 Coast right, to Coast, yeah. won't it? We're in 2022. So uh, looking forward to another great uh, event coming up. Of course, uh, last year, there was a lot of people missed out, Richard, with uh, with COVID. Um, so great to think that we're well past that nowadays. Uh, and it's just going to be back to our old normal coast to coast. Yeah, that's right. And I think uh, when we talk to Glenn Curry shortly, I think that's what he'd be really looking forward to. Just a normal coast to coast, please. Thanks very much after after running up viaducts and uh, and yeah, this whole COVID situation that we've had. It's yeah, hard to even think we were there now, but um, it's pretty exciting to think of the summer that we've got ahead of us and the, and the coast to coast season come uh, the training that we've got to do and then also 2023. Yeah, and, uh, you know, motivation's probably been one of those things for those that have missed out. Uh, either that or you're bubbling with twice as much excitement, maybe. Yeah, that's right. I think it'd be quite a bit of a mixture. I think people, maybe we've got quite a few people that are helping out overseas and they're like, hey, Ray, I can finally come and do this. So that's pretty exciting for them. And then maybe those that are that are on the other end of the scale that, hey, I... I, I was prepared and ready to do the event and then actually didn't get an opportunity to do that. And now I'm going to keep, keep training and it's been 18 months of this and I still haven't done the event. So it's quite a big spectrum, I think, out there in terms of the energy and enthusiasm. Well, as we know, it's one of New Zealand's favourite events, the Kathmandu Coast to Coast. Uh, there's nothing like getting yourself from the west coast of the South Island all the way across to the east coast under your own steam. Richard, a bit of running, some cycling, mountain running, kayaking, uh, one of the toughest races, uh, well, the toughest race maybe in New Zealand, and and you know, and it's on a world scale too. Yes, exactly, and that's one of the things I talked to a couple of guys from San Francisco the other day, and they've had this on their bucket list for a, a long time. It's definitely known out there in the endurance multi-sport type world as one of those iconic races, and 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 it's just the skills. You can't just turn up and do this. You've got to actually keep yourself upright over the mountain run through the paddle. You've got to figure out your biking and all the logistics and skills and gear that goes with it so it's pretty exciting oh well i'm 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 uh, privileged to be sitting alongside you again richard and uh, here for season four of uh the Kathmandu coast to coast uh podcast brought to you of course by, as you said earlier by team cp so should we roll season four? Yeah, I think we should. We, we should. Um, and hey, we'd love to hear your feedback as well as we go through this podcast series. If you've got questions, if you'd like, if there's things you'd like us to talk about, definitely uh, flick us a message and and share your thoughts. Give us some feedback and we'll definitely roll through that. Um, this podcast is all about helping you learn and get an understanding about what this event is actually about and how can I do it better. So that's what we're here for. So let's make sure that we, um, we answer those questions. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh episode one season four rich who have we got uh what's on the board miss ford what's on the board miss ford so we've got three fantastic guests tonight we have got we're going to kick the show off with race director glenn curry nice. we're pretty keen to sort of see how preparations are tracking what to look forward to and what's sort of weather forecast he's ordered for this year so that'll be interesting so we're going to kick off with him uh next in line we've got warwick wood who's a lecturer at massey university and the and high performance sport new zealand a, as a mental skills trainer so we're going to talk to him about that whole motivation piece and and how do i kind of keep training and and where am i at to help us in october it's still a long way to go to the race we've still got sort of I don't know, four and a half months, five months or so. So how do we kind of keep that momentum and really get stuck in? So that's sort of our key question to him. And then we're going to wrap up the show with Sophie Beaumont. So Sophie, we followed her through season three. Uh, didn't quite get to the start line, unfortunately, because we wasn't able to. And so we're going to talk to her, sort of see how, where she is at now and um, and get a bit of a feel for her motivation levels and, and what she's looking forward to. Nice. So without further ado, you ready to roll? I think we should crack into it. We'll bring Glenn in and uh, welcome Glenn back to another season of the podcast. Uh, Glenn Curry, race director, come on in. How you going, guys? We're very well, Glenn. Very well. Yourself? 
Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yep, yeah. Um, a fairly bleak Canterbury day here, but uh, otherwise very well. Not really training weather out there, was it? No, no. And um, yeah, in your intro, you mentioned um, athletes and the motivation, and you know, coming coming into the race second time, you know, two years in the making, I suppose. So really tough. And also, I appreciate anyone who's lived in Canterbury and potentially a fair chunk of New Zealand this year if you are competing, and um, it's been a tough winter too. So um, you know, like hats off to everyone who's um, still still out there um, working towards that finish line, I suppose. I heard someone today say uh, that we should make the most of the rain that's here today because they're predicting a dry summer. Yeah, yeah, no February second weekend of February apparently is meant to be a blinder, so um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a solid river flow and a perfectly sunny day is what I've heard. So yeah, so that's what a good work. That's great to hear. Um, any changes, adjustments, sort of uh, additions, plans for twenty twenty three that you've got up your sleeve that you can maybe cheer us with? Um, nothing too major, Richard. There's um, a few things. Our um, The handbooks will be released sort of end of November. Uh, so we have our safety meetings at the start of November. We can do any final updates from those. Um, so if, if people do have you know questions, the handbooks, last year's handbooks are online and there's not usually a lot of changes from, from those anyway um, before this year's are released. So by all means, start having a look through those now. Um, no major changes in terms of the um, race structure um, from what we had planned um, last year, really. So uh, it will be, if we can get this, well, when we get this event underway, it will be the biggest event in the history of the event in terms of athletes and support crew. So be aware of that. And uh, yeah, just just think big numbers and yeah, sunny days. Yeah, sunny days, I like it. Yeah. And is that, are the big numbers, is that because we've got the three-person teams going on and the longest day teams and the, and the mountain run? Is it just because... The, the, the... Uh, yeah, not so much. It's more, um, we've basically got, over the last four or five years, we've had our concession with the Department of Conservation extended, so it's been increased, um, and we haven't actually been able to pull off a year where we've been able to use all those concession numbers, so this will be the first year we've been able to do it, so um, that's, that's really why the numbers will be at capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, what's mm. your sort of feel, like, uh, as race director, you get a bit of a feel for how people are tracking and what's happening out there sort of amongst everybody that's doing it so what are you what's your um what's the vibe amongst participants out there at the moment yeah well i yeah sort of try to keep tabs on it and i've got a lot of friends too that um are entered in the event and they're um up to do it for their second time um second time this year so i i can probably appreciate and a lot of my mates have said well you know i'm rolling into another summer of training again for the coast and and, you know, I appreciate the um, commitment that it takes with family and work, et cetera. And when you've got to do that for 24 months, it's even, um, you know, more difficult than doing it for 12 months. But, you know, I've sort of said to my friends and stuff, you know, whenever you cross that finish line at New Brighton and you've committed to a Kathmandu coast to coast, it is possibly one of the most euphoric feelings you, you, know, you will experience. And, you know, I, I think after putting 24 months effort into it, it will probably be an even bigger buzz, you know, to say, I finally did this and um you know and, and for everyone's families and friends and colleagues etc that have also made the um made a lot of uh you know adjustments to their lives to enable each person to do it it'll be a big buzz too so we're, we're pumped on getting a good event out of the out of the way and putting on a great experience for all those people that have put 24 months effort into getting to this um to this event we're, we're pretty excited Nice. And we're all about learning, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Have you got sort of any key advice from your experience, obviously as an athlete and, and as a as a parent and as a um, as a race director for somebody that's looking to, hey, we're here now in October and we need to go and uh, work hard and do our best over these next few months through to February? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose probably as race organisers, last year was really tough on us too. Um, you know, we we plan this for 12 months of the year. You know, people always ask me, like, when do you start planning the event? And, you know, it's basically the first Monday after the last event, you know, so it's, it's 12 months of planning. And, and you know, like, and, and the reason why you do that is for that three days, well, it's about five days of the event for us. And that's why we spend the whole 12 months because it's such a good buzz, you know, like that five days for us as well. And so that's why you keep, you know, I keep coming back to do it again, I suppose. And, um, you know, last year was probably a bit of, um, you know, it was tough on out my team as well because there's a lot of extra effort and just to get that what event we ran underway, it was, you know, it really changed our January, I suppose, you know, and, and made things a lot, you know, more challenging. So 
probably for me as an athlete and, and race director and whatever, I, I always like um, visualization is a big thing. And um, even when I used to race, I used to, you know, I used to try to visualize that feeling of the finish line. And I suppose I had a bit of competitiveness in me too, to visualize actually, you know, getting, you know, where I could finish, et cetera. And um, so I'd say to everyone right now, when it is tough, you know, start visualizing those trips in January when the sun's out and you're saying, yeah, this is, you know, I see why I do this. And, the, you know, those missions, et cetera. And then start to visualize that finish line because it will be worth it. And you'll be, you know, you'll, you know, you'll be thankful that you did, you know, that you did put the commitment in over the next four months for sure. And those it's those little bits, isn't it? Just keeping on, keeping on those little moments, the, those little sort of training sessions you do on cold rainy days sort of thing that you actually, oh, should I do that? Should I not? If you do a bit of that visualisation, that makes a big difference. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, you guys will know, I can't think of a um, finish line that I've crossed and I've turned around and looked over the back over the finish line. You know, I know, you know, and it doesn't matter. You've had even with terrible races and you've sat get there and gone, I wish I didn't do that. I don't, I don't ever remember one. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, nice work. How are the weightless tracking? How's things going? So yeah, those... so we, we are chewing through it. So, yeah, um, we do have, we always, we always try to put it out to people. We have a big churn, you know, like from this point forward. So by all means, sit tight on those weight lists. If you have been training, keep training. Mm -hmm. They do churn a lot, you know, and we, it's such a hard thing to predict. But every year our predictions are wrong. We usually have greater churn than what we think. So, by all means, yeah, hold tight, I suppose, if you are on the wait list. Um, there's every chance. And we ha and we have had a large churn this year um, due to people, you know, probably that, um, you know, that 24-month wait, I suppose. And it is, it's so difficult as a race in its whole, but as a race director and things, when the event's so damn popular, right? Like, you know, everybody wants to do it, and there is a great wait list, and, and there's a lot of disappointment out there for some people who don't get in. Must be bloody tough on your, on your side, because uh, essentially there's nothing you can do about that, right? Nah, it's a real challenge, Angus. Like we we want as many people as possible to be able to come and experience this event. And you guys all know how you know what it is to be part of it. And I know what it is to be part of it. So we want, you know, want to give that opportunity to as many people as possible. But we are restricted. It's just the nature of um, you know, where the course goes. And, you know, we love the fact and we we'll do our best to try to give everyone the opportunity to get there. But it's kind of funny, you know, I have a lot of guys probably that I used to race with have done the race a number of times and said, look, you know, like we've done it this many times. We think, you know, potentially we should have priority on depending on how many times you've done it and then i get people with the other end of the spectrum going look we've never had the opportunity to do it so we think we should get priorities so it's a real challenge so all we've all we've tried to do is put in a um, system that's um fair to everybody and it's just you know it is it is a bit of luck of the draw i suppose and we and we feel the ballot system's the most fair way to do that so that's why it exists and um yeah we as much as i'd yeah try like to try to squeeze everyone in it's just yeah it's not possible and hopefully we can give as many people an opportunity to do the event as possible and this year's going to be a very international option as well, isn't it? Because that those people have been sitting on the waitlist from from overseas and sitting on the waitlist again, and they actually finally get an opportunity to come and experience this race with us. So that's going to be pretty exciting as well, and quite something different from the last few years. Yeah, we've got people that have been sitting there waiting to this race for four years. You know, that have had transfers, etc., due to an injury and then COVID. So that's really exciting. We're stoked to have some internationals back at the event because it is an international event. It is, you said, Richard, earlier that. You know, it is it is renowned around the world, so it's going to be great to have that flavour back. And we just did a release on Alex Hunt, who's a really competitive open, uh, you know, open male from Tasmania. Who's you know he's looking forward to getting back over here and shaking things up a bit. So um, yeah, we yeah, it's going to be great to have that sort of international vibe again, I suppose. Yeah, nice. And is there anything else to share? Anything else you'd like to uh, share with the Kathmandu Coast to Coast community? Nah, just um, I suppose probably um, last year's event was really really challenging for us as a team. Um, but, uh, you know, like to basically have the COVID call made two weeks before the event in terms of the restrictions, et cetera. And then my, you know, probably from my end, I just like to thank my team because I sort of put it on them three weeks out that we were going to run the one day and we, and which was a huge, you know, huge load of work to make sure that all everything was um, in place. And we, we, as a team, we're really proud of the fact that we did run that event. Um, what we think we did allowed for a lot of other events to, was to say that, yeah, you can still have events, you just have to adapt. And we were proud of the fact that we were one of the first that basically, you know, made those adaptions and said we can host something here. Um, I definitely probably had, you know, I sat there and questioned it when I had a river that was flowing at sort of, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it got to in the end. It was six or 700 cumics and we were two <laughs> days out and I was just like, why did I not take the opportunity just to call this off when I had a chance? And, um, yeah, just felt like everything was against us. But um, 
I got to experience a lot of people come across the finish line who had committed to a longer stay, probably only ever had one in them, and we're really stoked that they actually got to put a lot of that training to work, even though it was a really different course, you know, and uh, hats off to those people that got there. And, you know, we we definitely, probably as a team, we're, we're a little bit, we, we're probably a little bit uh, perfectionist, I suppose, as a crew, and we're a little bit disappointed about last year because there were so many changes and there were things that were, you know, we, we didn't foresee happening that were a little bit out of our control, and now we know how to fix those in terms of that plan B course in the future. Um, so we're a little bit disappointed there, but... You know, I you know, probably take the opportunity to thank my team for the efforts they put in last year. I've only just uncoiled from the fetal position, so I haven't really had a chance to do this. So, uh, um, so thanks to my team last year. And, like, you know, as a team, we, we did sit down and we we're really proud of what we did. And, um, you know, I hope for a lot of, the, you know, that 180 competitors that did get to do that, um, we did put on a decent show where they felt like that um, they'd been rewarded for the 12 months of effort they'd put into getting to that start line. So, um and we're really excited about February. Like we, like I'm, I'm excited. I sort of had a couple of sunny weekends, and I've been out for a jog myself, thinking, you know, I can't wait to have a COVID-free, super sunny day. And I'm looking forward to being at Klondike Corner on Friday night and looking at everybody camping after they finish that first day and saying, yeah, we're back. You know, like um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for that moment. So if you see me um walking around 5:30 on that Friday and it's sunny at Klondike, I'll probably have a big grin on my face because uh. Yeah, that's what we're searching for that at the moment. So, yeah, can't wait. Bring on 2023. Um, you know, I hope everyone gets starts getting some good training in and starts, you know, enjoying the enjoying the journey again to that start line because, you know, it is a fun journey. So enjoy every moment of it. Well, you know, hats off to you guys. You did run a, a fabulous event last year under the most trying circumstances, uh, you know, and and it really was the I, we were well. I was deep in the midst of it and uh, saw your guys going to work and the effort they were putting in to get through all the COVID protocols to get through everybody. Um, the what was really interesting was the Plan B course. Uh, you know, and at the top of um, our porters there, where the feed zone was there. That was a really interesting place to be. There was a really good atmosphere going on there as people came, as people were trying to find a park, but a really cool atmosphere there. And uh, and even at Klondike, uh, as you watch the one dayers come through, that was, even though they had to be on the other side of the road, the, the spirit was so high there. There was probably only one bit of feedback that I got, uh, Glenn, and that was is that they loved to see the media man with the mow out there, but some oh, of them yeah. said, geez, geez, we'd love to see you at the top of Goat Pass there and give us a bit of a cheer on next year. Yeah, we'll see how you go, Angus. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're working hard to earn that part, but yeah, that spot. But yeah, no, we'll definitely we'll see how we go there. We might have to arrange something this year. But yeah, I know I, I, I saw porters early on. Like I only saw it when the top guys come through because I had to get to the next transition. And then I've had a bit of feedback about that area. And potentially it wasn't, you know, as a race director, when it all comes down on your shoulders, there was probably moments out there that it's probably best I didn't see by the sounds. But um, it sounded like a great place to be if... Uh, yeah, it sounded relatively exciting. It was a bit of almost Tour de France stuff going on there, people running up the hill with them in bits and pieces. It was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, no, the other right. the other burning question for 2023, Glenn, is uh, has my old co-host here, me, me sidekick, has, has he got an entry in, Rich? Are you, yeah, no, you he, he, um, he told me he wasn't going to run the podcast until we sort of um, got made sure that he had got an entry. So um, <laughs> we had to sort him out this week, Angus. But, you know, he's back. And I, and I think Richard would probably agree he he was probably he probably put a fair effort into last year's event, and he, he you know he probably can relate to everybody out there, you know, being told three weeks out that it wasn't going to happen. So he's probably the ideal person to speak to. So, and he's probably just like anyone else sitting there at the moment, going, "Well, do I want to commit another summer to this?" So, um, I'd yeah. say he's he's probably the guy to talk to really in terms of um, that space. So yeah, get out there, get in some other um, some other events. There's lots of plenty of small events around, and. Um, yeah, bring on summer. Let's get this snowstorm, cross your snowstorm out of the way and, uh, yeah, get stuck in and just, um, you know, yeah, start yarning to some other people that are doing the event and you'll fire each other up and, uh, yeah, that, um, yeah, get out and go on some adventures and look forward to seeing everyone in February. Well, I think your, enthousi your enthusiasm uh, right here, right now, Glenn, has hopefully fired everybody up. It's already fired me up about it going along. So that's great to hear. It's awesome that we're back. It's awesome that, uh, you know, 2023 is looking so bright. We thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast, and we look forward to a couple more updates throughout the season and as we lead up to the big day, mate. 
Yeah, cheers, team. And I um, look forward to hearing the um, guys talk on the podcast too. So excited. And as Richard said earlier, these podcasts are for the um, competitors. So if there's any information about the event or anything you would like or anyone you'd like to hear speak to the event, then let us know, you know, and that's that's the whole concept of it is to help you out. So, um, yeah, let us know and we'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. So thanks very much. And, um, yeah, cheers, guys. And um, yeah, I look forward to listening to the other guests. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn. See you, mate. Well, Rich, like how about that? So, uh, touching on you there, uh, getting another shot at it. How's those old knees go, man? You must have worn those things out by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had to have a bit of uh, – well, it was actually really interesting because obviously the event got cancelled. Uh, my bottom lip went out. What's the point of training? A long way. And then and then basically I did my back. And <laughs> it was just uh, like March wasn't, February, March wasn't good for me. I had my bottom lip out. It was just a bit ugly. So it's really amazing, isn't it? When you sort of start to get back into things and a bit a bit of training, your body's better. Your mind's better. It's just like I'm in a much better place. So yeah, February, March wasn't flash, I have to admit. So along the same lines of everybody else, I think, that uh, sort of fell over at the final hurdle that couldn't quite make it. Um, yeah, a bit disappointing. But uh, the old knees, they're not doing too bad. Yeah, I've been... <laughs> been going good but must have been good to uh just be back behind the scenes just a little bit there too on that on that uh that big long longest day there i saw you out there supporting some athletes yeah we had a had an athlete megan from up north that uh her support crew pulled out because they couldn't make it because of sort of covid situation so okay we'll go and support her so that was really cool to being part of that and helping helping someone out but just being part of the event as you mentioned like at klondike corner it was super cool the the this the vibe the the officials helping people get through counting down can we make it it was really good so great to be involved in wouldn't miss it. it's uh i think i've only missed one in the last 25 years or something like that and that's when we're overseas so uh, i've been involved in every different angle of the event in some way shape or form so it's awesome you're almost mr coast to coast aren't you not quite but almost almost <laughs> almost i said almost uh what do you reckon do you want to give our next guest warwick a bit of an intro give him the bit of a, a build up he's got some big shoes to follow after our very enthusiastic glenn yes absolutely so warwick as i mentioned at the top of the show uh, mental skills trainer for high performance sport new zealand listened to him uh sort of six weeks ago or so as part of a cycling nz uh podcast that he did and was really keen to sort of have a chat to him and and get his expertise his expert advice in regards to how do we actually keep that momentum up how do we sort of build our commitment actually go get out and keep on doing this uh at this time of the year when hey it's still a while away but uh, i need to keep training but why why do i need to do that so have a bit of a chat to him about that all right well let's see uh warwick welcome to our show mate hey guys thanks for having me how are you we're very good. We're very good. Where where are you calling in from, Warwick? Calling in from lovely Riverhead, kind of northwest of Auckland. Fantastic. That's great. And uh, tell us a little bit more about your background. You've been involved in coaching, and and obviously you're a lecturer now for for Massey University. So tell us a bit about sort of how you've made how you've got to there. Give us a bit of bit of an insight into you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. I'd love to. So so I was uh, well. I've always been a bit of a sports junkie. Uh, grew up playing various various sports and really found uh, I, I guess a strong sense of identity um, th through being involved in sport and in school wasn't overly academic which is, is funny now thinking you know reflecting on what I do for for a living uh, now but when I finished high school the University of Canterbury had just started offering an undergrad degree in sports coaching and that seemed like a kind of a logical natural step for me so so did that started coaching uh, at various levels and then when I finished that degree, um, was still kind of interested in learning more. It's almost one of those things where the more you learn, the, the more you kind of figure out that you don't know much at all. So stumbled into this opportunity to go over to uh, Indiana State University and, and do my master's degree over there whilst uh, serving as an assistant coach on a, a women's college basketball team, which was a great uh, experience for me. And what I found through, through those uh, few years over there was my attention and I guess my curiosity shifting a little bit from the, the specifics of one sport to the psychological elements of, of preparation and performance and also quite interested in uh, the social dynamics of sport as well and how you know the environment and the relationships that we have can, can nurture performance or sometimes get in the way um, of us being able to kind of be present um, and actually perform in situations where there is a, a perception of, of pressure. So, so I came back to New Zealand, uh, followed my wife-to-be back to, back to Wellington, actually. Um, we're both from Christchurch. Uh, did a few jobs with some national sports and regional sports around coach development and, and high-performance uh, 
but always wanted to get back to university, kind of felt a pull back to university. So uh, eventually enrolled in a PhD and um, now really fortunate to have a position lecturing sport and exercise psychology at, at Mass University and uh, doing all the stuff that that academic role kind of brings around teaching and, and supervision and a little bit of research, but also working as a uh, applied mental skills trainer for High Performance Sport New Zealand, um, uh, Auckland Cricket as well, and and a few other local athletes and teams uh, in Auckland, and just really grateful to be able to work with with athletes and coaches who are so committed to their crafts, what they you know what they're doing and p- pursuing, um, I guess excellence, what, whatever that means for them. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, so clearly, you're well qualified to talk to us about uh, as we talked about motivation and things. So, like, it, it's been a long time for athletes thinking, preparing, training for this event, and uh, and everyone have, will have managed that differently uh, from people that have continued to train and putting their their effort in to those that have just put it on the back burner and oh hey, I'll deal with it later. It's now October, time that we should be getting into the swing of preparing for things. What advice would you give those battling with the motivation to get out and about and actually get into some training, knowing that they kind of should, but oh, I'm not quite there yet? Yeah, yeah, which is a really common struggle, right? It's a challenge for, for all of us. And I think we all know when we reflect on motivation that it ebbs and flows quite quite often um, for many of us, more often than we'd probably, probably care for. So the first piece of advice I always give people, and, and it's not probably overly helpful in the moment, but I think if we can kind of reflect on it, sometimes it can be quite helpful, is that um, piece around accepting that, that it does it does come and go. Some days we feel really motivated, really connected to our goals, and other days we wake up and it's just really tough to even get out of bed, let alone go, you know, go swim or jump in. Um, um, go jump in your kayak to paddle or, you know, whatever it may involve. Um, so I think that that understanding and, and going easy on yourself a little bit as well, having some compassion that it will will come and go a little bit. And, and that just in and of itself can help a little bit if it eases that tension or that frustration that we're not feeling, you know, super amped up today. That, that can be a really nice first step. Uh, we can also do things like visualization, which which Glenn talked about. I think that's quite helpful for when, when we're working towards goals that seem really far off. Um, mm-hmm. But we can do do some other things that require a little bit more work uh, as well. I, I sometimes get the sense when I'm talking with athletes that uh, we're kind of missing the point sometimes a little bit. I, I, I understand that we are kind of grinding and getting through training for this big thing coming up. And there seems to be this real uh, dissonance between training as something that we grind through for this big celebration at the end. And again, I want to acknowledge that that is in some ways the reality of, of sport. But I think if we can try and bridge that gap, j- j- just a little bit even, um, you know, so that training becomes a little bit more important and that the big the big day, um, the big moment maybe comes down a little bit because the risk is, of course, that the the moment or the race day doesn't live up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And not with regards to the event itself. I, I've been lucky enough to support crew for some um, for some athletes at Coast to Coast. I've never done it, but I know the event is just amazing. Yep. So the event will be great in and of itself, but you may not have a great day. You know, that, that, that can happen. Things need to line up uh, to have a really good day. And, and then also it's out of our control, like something, you know, can happen, you never know, a global pandemic just comes out of nowhere. And so if, if that's the big thing, or the only thing that is going to gauge any meaning or significance from the journey, um, that can be quite difficult. And also, of course, there's the risk of uh, anxiety as well, that could trigger a lot of anxiety and stress for people. So I think if we can bridge that gap uh, a little bit, and really take meaning from from training and from recovery and from connecting with with people that we train with. That can be a, a, a pretty uh, significant way to to try and motivate ourselves. Yeah, that's great. And it's just about having fun, isn't it? Having adventures, getting out and uh, with other people, and and really making the most of those opportunities to explore and do different stuff and as you say like it's not all about the event it's how can I make the most of uh, an adventure in a couple of weeks time or hey I'm going to go along and run with a few others tomorrow night that sort of stuff and really enjoy that experience and hold on to that rather than think it's all about that thing in the future yeah yeah exactly and it's so easy to do that like as humans we spend so much time getting caught up in in what didn't happen last year and what could potentially happen next year and sometimes we just lose track of what what's happening today you know like what are the things that we've got to do today how did we grow as an athlete if it was all about recovery then that's awesome how did you go reflect on it 
move forward yep. to tomorrow. Um, and I always find that really helpful for when we get to the moments as well. So when you get to race day, it's it's not the most important thing that's going to determine the success of the whole journey. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just the next thing. When I go into lectures, for instance, if I feel myself getting anxious, I always try to remind myself, well, this is just what I'm doing now. It's no yep. more important than the preparation I did yesterday. It's just mm -hmm. what's in front of me. Yes. You know, and yes, once yes. it's done, I'll go, I'll go have a coffee and reflect on how it went. Nice. And is goal setting important? We talk about goal setting a lot in regards to that whole motivation commitment sort of piece. So like, is, is, is that something that we should be sort of playing with? And how do we do that? How do we break it down and make sure that's part of it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is something that, you know, the research is quite clear that goal setting uh, typically has a, quite a positive impact on things like yep. motivation and intensity and, and adherence. So that can be really helpful with regards to maintaining that sense of connection to, to what it is that we're doing. So gaining some clarity around yep. what it is that we want to accomplish. Um, yep. and, and that can help shift our focus too from any stresses and anxieties from what we don't want to happen to the yep. things that are actually within our control around sleep and recovery and nutrition uh, and, and things like that. So sh I guess shifting focus from things that aren't in our control to things that we can you know, hopefully measure. It's, it's, it's helpful if we can measure it and if we have some long-term goals and also the shorter-term ones that we can check in quite mm -hmm. regularly. And, you know, I think everyone's got a fairly good understanding of, of how to do that. Um, yep. But sometimes we lose focus of the psychological benefits of actually doing that and yep. going through that process of setting those goals that are pretty challenging but not too hard and kind of ticking those boxes or crossing them out, however you want to do it which can have quite a profound shift in terms of your self-talk and hopefully nurturing a real sense of optimism that things are going to go yes. well. Yes, yes. And it's also just, I guess this is what this podcast is about. Yeah, we all know about that, but actually, ah, actually you probably haven't thought about that. Maybe I should do a bit more of that. So even just those things are good. And, and just having those little stepping stones that I can set some little targets for me and during this month, those then I can, that will help me line up for the following month as well. Um, yeah. Next question is like around the fear of failure that like the fear of failure is a great motivator for those that haven't done this event before. But for a lot of people doing the two day last minute, can't do it anymore. And hey, that was the main motivation from last year. But this time around, actually, I've done the training. I pretty much almost done the event. I've been down the river and been over the mountain running things. So it's I found it's often really hard to motivate you the second season you go and do the same event because I, I want to do better than what I did last time. So so those people that didn't manage to do the event last time is, have kind of already done it in a way. So that initial motivation of that, oh my God, can I actually do it? It's probably gone now because subconsciously you sort of know you can, even though you're not 100% sure, you kind of know you can. How would you sort of any advice you'd give to that in terms of that second season coming in to have another crack at it, just to help out, to make sure that we keep that intensity of effort and the training hours and those sorts of things that we've done? Yeah, well, something that just came to mind, actually, when you were asking that, it's, it's, it's a really great question, something I'm sure a lot of people are probably grappling with, either consciously or just kind of simmering beneath the surface and mm -hmm. probably, you know, dealing with those fluctuations in terms of motivation. And something that I think could be helpful to think about with regards to that is, you know, it's, it's really popular at the moment to be kind of thinking about your why, understanding your why, you know, that, that seems to be really, um, really common at the moment. And I think sometimes going a little bit deeper than that as well. So knowing what's driving you is, is really helpful. And it's not just the amount of motivation you have, but actually what is it that's regulating that drive around, you know, your identity or around family, around being yeah. a good role model. So those things can be can be super helpful, but I think sometimes going a little bit deeper can help with that motivation piece as well around like who am I as a person and how does the coast to coast kind of link in or how does my athletic part of my identity contribute to, to who I am. And so I think those things that should be relatively stable could help with that motivation, particularly as things are being you know, postponed and cancelled. So that could help maintain that sense of motivation. I think the other piece there is shifting from that mindset of the fear of failure to you know approaching success and mm. curiosity around how it could go um which those two things sound very similar you know it's around avoiding failure approaching success and it kind of sounds like the same thing but when you yeah. think about what those two perspectives or mindsets would bring to an occasion you know the the, the first one the fear of failure is probably associated with with stress and anxiety and a lot of thoughts around you know what what could go wrong or letting people down that have sacrificed their weekends, 
um, sacrificing time with the kids. And I don't like to use that word sacrifice. Mm. It's more around making intentional decisions. Uh, yes. But if we can try and adopt that perspective of this is about me being successful and making sure we we gain some real clarity around what that success means. What does success look like um, for me? Is it, is it just completing the event? Is it completing in a certain amount of time? Is it that yeah. sense of satisfaction that you get when you, you finish the line? And I think those things are more conducive to things like curiosity and, and excitement and, you know, hopefully a sense of optimism. Yeah, good, good, good. Fantastic answer. Um, how do elite athletes do this? Continue to train year after year, pushing their bodies to the absolute limit to the peak of their performance because, hey, that's their job or that's they won that Olympic gold medal. But it's not, you can't just do that. You, it's years and years and years of training for something. How do, from your perspective, obviously you work with some top level athletes. How do they keep going and going and going? Well, how have you done it for so many years? Oh, I, get to... <laughs> uh, oh, I guess to see if I can. That's a big part. That's a really good to question. To push that, yeah. <laughs> knees still can. Am I allowed to ask questions? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see if my knees can still cope. Might as well make the most of it. Anything that puts them on the spot is free game. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really good question. And I think it's really important to acknowledge too that it's really challenging and they don't get it right all the time. Yep. Um, I think it, it's it's easy to kind of assume that they always nail it, even when they are doing you know personal bests or seem to be um, achieving. That you know it's it's very rare that everything lines up perfectly. It's typically you know trained trained too hard, um, recover too much. You know you made some um, made some mistakes. So it's really important to acknowledge that it is really challenging, and we are of course beginning to see uh, more and more frequently uh, athletes. Who are in the um, who are in the spotlight, acknowledging things around their mental health um, as well, and that you know being an athlete is is really difficult, which is which is good to see people um, talking about that. I think the ones that I have um, been really fortunate to work with and who I have seen um, do that pretty well, regardless of their kind of placing or the more objective success, but the ones who I feel more subjectively are doing things really well. Um, they seem to have a, a, a good level of balance in their lives. So, um, you know, we're often talking now about kind of athlete identity and that it's really important that athletes have, um, you know, a really strong foundation and, and real clarity around who they are beyond their athletic performances. So, so everything's not on the line each time they go out there because, you know, completing um, something like the coast to coast, I mean, that's, that's so tough in and of itself. Um, without lumping on top of that things like validation and, and, and self-esteem. And that's certainly something I see with, with high-performance athletes is they've got a real strong sense of, of who they are. Um, they, they seem to act with, um, uh, with their values in mind and, and their goals in mind. So they've got that clarity around what they're trying to accomplish. And then they um, make decisions that are aligned to those, which, which is tough you know, for, for an elite athlete. Um, and not that all elite athletes are fully professional but i'm sure even a lot of the um the listeners to the podcast will appreciate that even being like a serious recreational athlete it, it it's quite consuming yes. you know you, you, you're thinking about what time you want to go to bed um and what kind of social events you can commit to because you've got a, a long run the next day <laughs> so so, so that's really difficult and you're at your desk all day uh googling shoes and bikes and things when you should be working or is that is that just me is that oh that's awkward yeah. <laughs> now that sounds right yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. it becomes a 24 7 uh, engagement doesn't it what, what what sort of advice would you give athletes like four and a half months out now from from the big day there's a lot of focus still to have a lot of uh, ebbs and flows that they will go through um from here on in really isn't there what you know should there be goal setting, worrying about techniques or just having fun? We're, we're, what advice would you give? Yeah, it's probably those things you just mentioned. I really, um, I, I enjoyed listening to Glenn earlier and I liked that one of the final things he said was enjoy the whole process. And, you know, unfortunately it's coming back to lots of cliches is often the best thing to do. So it is around enjoyment, trying to find ways as, as regularly as possible to make it fun and make it exciting and, and make it challenging. So if you don't find the kind of training that you're doing currently intrinsically satisfying or rewarding, then spend a little bit of time reflecting on how you could integrate some other elements into that, you know, whether it's competition, working out with a group, 
or if you are working out with a group and you find that a little bit overwhelming, then work out on your own if that's the best thing for you. So finding out what works best for you, trying to keep it exciting, um, potentially spending a little bit of time thinking about how you want to feel mentally on, on race day and, and kind of working backwards from that. Like what's going to put you in a position to, to feel really excited really optimistic about how the day is going to go, but also a sense of, of calmness, you know, clarity around your nutrition, around your equipment, things like that. So a little bit of planning in that regard um, can be really helpful too. Awesome, Warwick. Hey, really, really appreciate your time and effort. Um, some fantastic insights there. And and that's one of the best things about this podcast for me is that it's, it's just sort of uh, just helps the motivation and helps amp you up uh, for what's ahead. So really, really appreciate it. And uh Look forward to seeing you down at the coast to coast sometime soon in the next few years. Yeah, hopefully I'll be there next year. My brother-in-law's uh, uh, Ryan Kizanowski has been doing it for a long time, oh, so um, yeah, hopefully we'll be down there again. <laughs> you know all <laughs> about it, then, don't you? Uh, very good. Thanks, Warwick. Uh, catch awesome. up with you Thanks, sometime guys. soon. Cheers. Well done. Thank you. Cheers. Now, if you need motivation to go training, uh, Richard. Uh, you know, always families are a big motivation, mm. isn't it? And a lot of people, uh, well, it's sometimes the relief as well. Like he says, you know, when you, like Warwick talks about, it, it's very consuming as an athlete, but having some family at home sometimes is that break, mm. is that relief, is that segregation from from that. Well, yep. man, you must have that in spades in your household. <laughs> well, we've got four kids. Yeah, it's pretty busy. We've just signed up an indoor futsal team for Friday night. So hopefully that keeps my knees and ankles in one piece. But um... I'm really sorry about that. But I told you <laughs> earlier that Friday night's pub night, yeah, mate. No, and, yeah. and, uh, got prior commitment <laughs> i'm pleased you've got your priorities sorted that's really good but uh yeah exactly but also i think it's trying to get them involved i think we've talked about that in the podcast before we're organizing a double kayak so we can sort of i can do some river trips with the with the um with the crew as well to sort of well i can call it training but it's actually taking the kids out on adventures as well which is part of it too so yeah it's 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 the balancing act, isn't it? And uh, we don't always get that right. We'll get it right sometimes, but it's always up and down in terms of what's going on. So, yeah, it's part of the adventure. Well, ups and downs. Uh, our next guest knows all about ups and downs. So close to getting there, yet so far away mm -hmm. uh, this year. But back again, uh, we must welcome uh, Sophie Beaumont uh, back to the show. Welcome, Sophie. Kia ora, guys. How are you? Oh, yeah, pretty good. How are you? Good, oh, thanks. We're living the dream here in our <laughs> in our newfound uh, studio, with Sophie. Our, with our Coast to Coast t-shirts. Oh, look at that. Uh, Sophie, you must be sick of us by now. I, I almost apologise for, for dragging <laughs> you back on the show again. How are you? Just let's give a, have a, just a moment to sort of reflect on the last, I don't know, maybe maybe 18 months or so really, isn't it? Because you were with us on our podcast all the way through last season until oh, it didn't quite happen. But But talk us through sort of that period for you up to how you are going now. Um, yeah, look, it's interesting reflecting back. I think the cancellation, obviously, it, it hit pretty hard. Like, it was a pretty tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, I think, I don't know, I swallowed it pretty easily because mm. we kind of saw it coming, you know. We we expected, we knew that events were getting cancelled left, right and centre. And it was, I don't know, I found it tough. But at the same time, for me, there was never any question about, well, would I keep training? You know, it was always the day it got cancelled, I thought, okay, cool, I guess I'm training for another year then. Hmm. Um, were and... you ready? Were you ready for that? Like, were you at that point that you were actually ready? Or did you? Did some of you go, hey, this oh, is an God. opportunity. I, I can get some more, another 12 months of training in here. I mean, are you ever really ready for an event like Coast, right? No. Like, it, I, I don't know. I think, I think I was ready. I was doing it in a tandem team. We'd put the work in. We just wanted to tick it off. Um, but it's it's cool. I feel now, you know, another however many months of training down the track, um, intermittent uh, might have been, I am more ready than I was, you know, at the start of February. So that's actually a really cool position to be in. Um, but it's definitely been a bit challenging to keep the motivation. Um, not so much, you know, because coast got cancelled it's not even really that as far as I'm concerned I was always planning on doing it again and doing it as an individual so it's just kind of been a natural continuation mm -hmm. of that journey anyway but more just I don't know I got COVID and I've had about three winter colds I'm just on the back of a yet another one and it's been cold and it's been miserable and you know that stuff it's been hard yeah yeah exactly 
Yep. And that's okay. It's good to acknowledge that. Um, as Warwick said, that actually that's all part of it. And, and it's a matter of seeing what the summer is, is ahead of us and getting excited about that as well. And, uh, and you do do enthusiasm well. Yeah, I am a, I'm a big fan of enthusiasm. I find it's the best way to make, uh, make the whole thing more enjoyable. Yeah, nice. Uh, you, your tandem teammate, Nicole, she was on the podcast with us last year. Is she lining up for the event again? She is. She is lining up tandem with her dad, which is really cool. Oh. He did the event about 20 years ago. And so they have signed up as a tandem team together, which is really good. It's actually worked out really well for all of us because he was Great. you know, pretty stoked to get a spot. Yeah, awesome. That's super good. So what's the goal for this time around for 2023? <laughs> That's that's a question that I'm asking myself quite a lot. On the one hand, I keep telling myself that I just want to do it. You know, I want to tick it off. I want to cross the finish line. On the other, I'm wildly competitive. And I'm not saying that I have the ability to do phenomenally well or anything. But I think what it comes down to is I want to do the best I possibly can. Mm. You know, if I cross that finish line in New Brighton, having pushed myself as hard as I possibly can, I will be really, really stoked no matter what that looks like on paper. Yep. Um, so to, to do it, but to do it in a way that leaves me feeling like I've given it my all. Good. And you are wildly competitive. We found that out during the winter when we went on our um, winter adventure days. And uh, here we are walking up the hill and Sophie's chatting away, chatting. I was like, how do we get Sophie to quieten down? So I pick up the pace a little bit more. She's still chatting. Pick up the pace a little bit more. She's still here. Oh my goodness. And I'm blowing. I was like, okay, I have to go faster again. And I finally sort of uh, got things to quiet down a little bit, but you wouldn't let go. You wouldn't let me get away. It's so good. Oh, look, it was a good time chasing you up Mount Summers in particular. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So how has your training been going? How have you been getting on in terms of your running and your biking and your paddling? Um, yeah, look, pretty good on the whole. I, I've i had to learn to paddle a single kayak. That's been yeah. quite a steep learning curve, but I've done a couple of Woodstock trips and stayed upright, so that's been good yeah. recently. Um, running and biking, I really enjoy. Like I have tried to look on those, especially throughout the winter, as not training as such but just going out and doing something that I enjoy mm. doing um yeah. so my big thing basically until about the last month has been I'm not really training towards coast I'm just keeping fit doing stuff I enjoy doing um and I always said that comes sort of September October that's when I would start actively trading which is mm. yeah I guess what I'm attempting to do now good good and what have you got planned for the next month or so uh, a couple of races in the next month, which oh. is exciting. Um, lining up for Salmon Run, which was next weekend, um, which will be fun down Rakaia, and then the Wanaka Multi event um, in at the end of October. So, yeah, two races, two weeks apart. Mm -hmm. First time that I'll be racing anything multi-sport by myself, which is cool. a bit daunting, but really exciting. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. So that helps that, like, as we talked about with Warwick, that sort of motivation and sort of the little goals to go, right, I'm just going to get to there and I'm going to learn some stuff from that and then it'll help me off to the next one and then and away, go, away you go. And also great just to get a feel for what it, what it's like standing on the start line by yourself going, okay, I've got to do that and that and that and uh, rather than, so, and how do I deal with those nerves, all those sorts of things. Yeah, they'll be good learning experiences, I think. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Fantastic, Sophie. Have you done anything or have you thought about anything different, like, you know, to, to what you trained last year? I know you're not doing it as a team, you're doing it individually. So I suppose there's some differences come there, but your learnings from 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 a year's worth, are you, are you going at this in any different way or just the same? Um, I think I'm definitely trying to train a little bit smarter this time around. Um, I have a bit of a sort of ruption bust attitude and I'll just go, go, go until everything crashes out. So I'm trying to be a little bit smarter in my training um, and not burn myself out. Um, I don't know how successful that's been because I can't resist chasing people up hills, but, you know, it's it's been a nice theory to work with at the least, if not Good. in practice. That's right. And we get it right sometimes and don't get it right others. But uh, as long as you are having some fun doing that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, well, you better to have... Uh... Well, I would have thought you'd better to have too much enthusiasm, you know, and 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 be chasing it, and uh, you know, than than not have that motivation to actually get out there yep. and do it, eh? 
Perfect. Yeah, no, that's awesome, Sophie. Hey, so what, all the best for your race uh, next weekend, the Samurai. We'll be there cheering you on. Um, I'm going to do it. We've got a couple of guys that are a bit injured, so I've said, right, let's do a team. So I'm going to do the bike ride. So we'll see you there, um, cheering you on. And uh, yeah, all the I'll best for that. Yeah, exactly. It's on. That's right. But yeah, I'm only doing the bike ride, so you've got a bit to do after that. So be careful on those ones. He's always pretty good to draft behind. Yeah. I can vouch for that. It's a good <laughs> yeah, place to sit on plan. his wheel. Yeah, good job. No, that's yeah, awesome. awesome. Well, th hey, thank you so much for your time, Sophie. All the best. We'll look forward to catching up again soon. And uh, and thanks for your time and thanks for your insights. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. Nice to be on. Good job. Well done. See you later, Sophie. Bye. See ya. It was uh, a comment that I heard uh, a few months ago. There's no such thing as motivation because it goes up and down. But what we can deal with is dedication. We can be dedicated to the cause to do a little bit and a little bit and a little bit to get on our feet on the floor and be dedicated today. And and therefore, because motivation does go up and down, yeah, hey, what, yeah, is, yeah. what is motivation about? So I think that's one key thing that uh, would be a key tip from my perspective on all these things that we've talked to tonight that just come to my head. But actually, it's quite good, isn't it? It's very good, isn't mm. it? Yeah. yeah I was, <laughs> I, I've been struggling myself with motivation lately and uh, was saying, you know, the other day, just get to the mailbox. That's the first step, yep. right? Go and see your mailbox. Yep. I, I think uh, actually Sophie made a good point there. Uh, you know, she can get to the end and know she's given it her all. Uh, then that's 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 the most reward, and that comes in different ways, right? So you can get to the end, have the most perfect race, given that you're all uh, and, and life's good. Uh, and the same thing, you may get an injury along the way, and you've had to back right off. Mm. But in the same respect, you've given in your all and still got to the finish line. I think that's, that's right. really important, just to get to that finish line, right? Well, yeah, and get to the start line in one piece as well, and yeah. that's the hardest part. And then whatever happens, this whole race is about stuff going wrong, effectively, and it's how you deal with that. And your goals and around the event often changes as you've got a flat tire and you're your last now. Okay, well, I'm just going to get back on the bike and do as best as I can. And often they're the best yeah. experiences when you're just doing your best and not really looking around too much else but I mean it's such a positive environment that from the training perspective to the actual race day that people are just helping one another and that's the best thing about this so I guess get out and enjoy your training and, and your adventures and then hey this coast to coast is really just the the, the the push that we need to get our feet on the floor tomorrow morning to do a little bit and then we have a great day because you feel good because you've done yeah. some fitness and, and there is so much enthusiasm out there you know we led today with uh with glenn curry race director and he was just fizzed up fizzed up man <laughs> was that boy fizzed up yeah. but uh already you know i'm seeing lots on facebook lots of people uh you know that ashburton community at the moment is pretty mm. hot on facebook yep. they're out there kayaking and running and doing lots of stuff already uh driving each other along and that's uh that's bloody cool this mm. far out there everybody's just you know getting into it so uh the catman do coast to coast 2023 it is going to be hot it's going to be busy as glenn said there's going to be a lot of people um there mate i am stoked to be back here i think i'll have a high five we're back in the studio uh back for season four of the catman do coast to coast podcast of course brought to you by team cp your endurance coaching specialists uh, the captain, Richard Greer, alongside me, Angus Petrie. Thank you very much for joining in with us. Uh, we'll be back in uh, next month with another one. Good job. Until well then, train hard, train safe, enjoy. It's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand, this. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one.